this is Ryan. Hola, this is Steve. Don't you say like Niamo Steve or how does it go? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't speak Spanish, Steve. Yeah. Um, so this is the. Hola, Esteban. What? Jeez, man. <laughs> Happy 52! Yeah, this is our 52nd episode you of 60 to- Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing podcast! Yeah! One year, we did it! Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Phil. We tried really hard. We tried as hard as we could. To work on uh, to get Matthew, impressions? To get Matthew McConaughey here for our 52nd episode. <laughs> but he was busy. He's super busy making commercials, apparently. Yeah, he said... Uh, well, well, well. Don't even try. I'm not even going to try. Oh, come on. That's all I got. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. There you go. Uh, I, I would imagine if Matthew McConaughey was here, though, and we said, Matthew McConaughey, I think he actually is a musician. I think I think probably. he plays guitar and stuff. I guess if he was here, we'd probably say, hey, oh, what are you doing here? Why don't you sit down and do a podcast with us? Yeah. And I'd bring out the microphone, set it up, and be like, whoa, it's so, it's so neat having you here. And we wouldn't talk any trash about him because we'd be so starstruck. But I don't know <laughs> uh, anything to say about him, really. Uh, I would imagine that we would ask him a question like, so Matthew McConaughey, like, what, like, who is your favorite guitar player? Like, who's your guitar hero? Is he the one who is in True Detectives? And, and he's the one in True Detectives. Oh, okay. Well, so, I was watching that mostly for and, Woody Harrelson. And so, and then he would say, "Well, well, guys, my guitar hero is me in ten years." Oh my gosh, that's that's the guitar player that I'm striving to be right now, and I hope that he can look back and say that. The journey of guitar playing that took me so many places was worth it. Are you done? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I can't. I, this is our one year anniversary episode, and this is what we're doing. Yeah, this is high quality <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> we have decided to keep at this at this weird hobby thing that we have that makes us no money. Uh, it, it has only gained us gifts of beer yeah. from listeners. I think Ryan just paid his sister off for doing pictures of us. No, I paid her for another photo. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we've done it a full year, Steve. Yeah. What do you think? Do you want to do uh, another year? Uh, I guess. We'll see how it goes. Let's see how episode 104 turns out. <laughs> Yeah, I wish there was 50 weeks in a year just to round it. I was actually just thinking about that. Like, it's kind of weird how is it because... Why can't we have a metric year? (laughs) (laughs) A metric year might have... um, No, it'd have the same number of weeks. Uh, It would just have a different number of months. Yeah, totally. You'd have 10 months. No, you... Oh. Or 100 months. Right, okay, yeah, I see what you're... uh, Yeah, Uh, if you wanted to do... I was thinking of, like, the... uh, But even in metric countries, they use the same calendar as us. Yeah, what's with that? I think, actually, the way we measure... (laughs) You know, we're officially... Officially, we're a metric country. We are. Yeah, but we... Unofficially, because of our... How are we officially a metric country? On paper... Officially, we're a metric country. Like they, they did it in the '80s, where like we were all supposed to move to metric, and they tried really hard, and it just no one, no one will adopt it. This sounds like an urban legend. Look it up, man. It's a Reagan thing. Weird. Yeah. Well, 
If Reagan did it, yeah, we're he, all just stuck. He on was it. he was America's greatest president. We just love our imperial measurements. You I know, know. you can't drop that mile. I actually think time. Uh, I think the time system we use is considered metric. Really? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, because uh, it aligns with like Hertz. Oh, and Hertz is metric. Okay, I'm pretty sure. That's well, interesting. It's, the th- so metric is I, maybe more accurately there. I don't know that there is a metric measurement of time. Uh, but what we use is uh, the international standard for time. Sure, sure. Uh, whereas for like weight, volume, and distance, metric is the international standard for those things. But here's the thing that I wonder. What does that have to do with guitars? <laughs> you brought it up, dude. <laughs> uh, this is the most derailed episode we've had in like. Oh, that's what it was. We were talking about the podcast, months. and we we're saying like, like, is it better to to celebrate annual anniversaries of a podcast or numerical milestones? Hey, man, I think we got to celebrate every episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode is a special snowflake. Right. I think, I mean, I guess if you start getting into like the freakonomics level where you start doing like repeat episodes all the time, uh-huh. like then you start where you are like, oh, this is a uh, episode 34R. So it doesn't count to our episode total. Oh, okay. I mean, in a sense, if we were to count mini-sodes and bonus-sodes, we, we have more than that. We actually hit 50 episodes like in oh, November. Yeah. A while ago. And, uh, you know, some people could say that we could have not counted the best of. Yeah. But why not count it? Right. It was a Monday episode. I count Monday episodes as being a solid episode. Right. Right. You know, and I worked hard on that episode. <laughs> it took me like three or four hours I to put that it. thing together. Uh, yeah, I believe it. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Thing. Yeah. Our our next goal after doing that, because that best of was so hard to do, is actually to actively... Because Ryan and I always listen back to the episodes to see what uh-huh. we did wrong, which was most of the episode, and what we did right, which I is I listen anything. back to the episodes because I enjoy it, and I think it's a quality podcast. I listen back to the episodes because I'm a narcissist, and I want to hear myself talk. <laughs> um, uh, Steve listens to the episode with his pants off. <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, so, but but what, one thing we're talking about is is listening back to the episodes and listening while we're listening listening for future best of material while yeah. we do it uh, or just hiring a producer to do it for us. I think uh, we could lean on our listeners a little bit that if they hear something they want to hear on the best of at the end of the year that they should message it on the Facebook or on email and just say, "Hey, this episode this thing, these minute marks or whatever. Yeah, you can expect a best of episode somewhere around episode 100. I think so. I think every every year we're going to hit around that Christmas time, New Year's kind of yeah. stretch, and it's just going to be too hard for us to get together to, exactly. to record. So I think it's a perfect time for us to do best of, especially considering it lines up perfectly with the anniversary of the beginning of the show. So it's like you get a full year, you do best of, why not? Yeah. So happy 20 flip teen, everybody. 20 flip teen. And let's get this party started. <laughs> now let's do it. You want to take the first ad? Yeah. Uh, the first ad is for an Italia. Um, I actually have the model up. It is a Modulo Tipo 3 um, is the kind of guitar that this is. Have we talked about Italias on the show before? If we, I think we have, but I think it's been a really long time. Um they oh. are cool. I've always kind of wanted to get my hands on one. Yes, but I don't like this one. Yeah, the pickguard on this one has always 
messed with me a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I dance in between loving it and absolutely hating it. Right. Uh, so this says, uh, look at the pictures. This is a brand new Italia made by Wilkinson. If you know guitars, you know Wilkinson pickups and bridges. This is a great playing, extremely cool retro sparkle pearl finish. Everything on it is Wilkinson. Call Sal. This is in Clearwater, Florida for $450. I mean, just call Sal and, you know, get this guitar. Yeah, call him. But the Italias are cool because they kind of jumped on this. I think they've been around like 15 years or so. They kind of jumped on the, like the airline, you know, funky 50s, 60s. Heavy sparkle, yeah, fiberglass material guitar thing, and we're doing it really well before a lot of other people were. Yeah, like now you have the Eastwoods and you have you know my rare, rare guitars and you have you know all these different companies coming up with really funky things. You made a comment earlier that you think that Duesenberg uh, copied the look of one of their guitars. There's something about the way the Duesenberg stuff is that just makes me think of Italia. The heavy sparkles with the stripes and yeah. you know the the funky hardware and whatnot. Like they really they really kind of nail that funkiness, but I've played a couple of them. We've played with bands who have them. They're solid instruments. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they uh, they compete very well in their price range. I think the only one of their instruments that I've ever been like super super interested in is the Mondial. Which I feel like is kind of Italia's take on the old airline map. Yeah, totally. Um, and that one I'm looking at right now, it's an Agathis chambered body with acoustic glass top. Yeah. A hard maple neck, rosewood board. Acoustic glass just means fiberglass, really. Right. Um, wooden bridge. It's got a piezo pickup in the bridge. Yeah. Or piezo or whatever. They give you piezo. funky options. They give you funky... Like, the, the this guitar has... It's a strat basically, but it's got a P ninety in the bridge. Yeah. And it's got the it's got the really nice Wilkinson Tremolo. It's got like dual triangle pit guards. Yeah. <laughs> and these things are hollow. It's a chambered uh like two piece body that's fused together with a seam on the edge like a Dan Electro might be. I'm not sure if this one this particular model is, but no, I know dude, they, it is. Oh, is it? Like if you look at the picture of the back, it's a completely different material. Oh. And it's got screws all over, huh? But they're just funky. They're so they're so cool. Yeah, I I hope that I pick one up at some point someday. Maybe if one shows up on on Craigslist, there's one of their models. I forget the the name because they're all in funky Italian words. Right. Uh, there's one that has the 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 split pickups where it's like one pickup fits only under three strings. Yeah. So you've got yeah you've got six actual pickups on the guitar, but only in three positions. Um, and they give you two five position switches on it. And so you're controlling which pickup you have selected in the top row and which pickup you have selected in the bottom row. Whoa. So you can split between having like your bridge pickup be under the, like your low strings. Right. And then your neck pickup being on underneath your high strings. So you can do all these funky blending things. I'd really love to get my hands on one of those. The only thing I don't like about that model is that it has a reverse headstock, which I'm not a huge uh, fan of. The one that I've never quite decided if I love or hate is the uh, Modulo Bass, which is the oh, bass yeah. they have with four lipstick pickups. Yeah. One under each string. Yeah. Those are, those are wild. 
Italia just does the crazy stuff. Yeah. They do the crazy stuff I want guitar companies to do. Yeah, and these are like import, like made in China oh, instruments. Yeah. Totally. And um so getting back to what we actually do on here, four hundred and fifty dollars. Too much money. Yeah. Um in fact, I think four fifty is what these might be newish. New. I th- I wouldn't be surprised if these are floating somewhere in between that and like at your five fifty kind of range. I think they're priced to compete with your made in Mexico kind of Fender price range. Right. Um, used on the used market, these go for three hundred, three fifty, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to see if I can. Uh, I, I'm just not finding prices right now. Um, oh, they are the Type Three is four ninety nine new. Yeah, that sounds about right. Musician's friend, um, and they are in stock. <laughs> well, that's nice to know. Yeah, I'm hoping that we I get to pick up some of these models at Nam and mess around with them. I don't know if they'll be there, but that'd be cool. I'd I'd really like to get a closer look at some of the other models. Um, but yeah, four fifty, way too much money. Unless like you see it and you're like, oh, I've been wanting that color and it's not available. And yeah, I'll pay the extra money. But you know, realistically, that's it's too much. You three fifty at best. Yeah, three fifty yeah. at 350. best. Three fifty. I wouldn't pay more than three fifty. Yeah. I just love the glitter finishes on these things. All right, what's the second ad? Uh, well, let me pull it up. Well, you pull it up. You hit it. Oh, I just hit the last one. Oh, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. Also, I closed my my drive. <laughs> PV. The, I got excited about this one when I saw it today. It's a PV Classic 1x15 extension speaker cabinet. Uh, it says vintage. I don't. Can you count that as vintage? No. Late 90s, early 2000s. That's no. not vintage. But I got excited about this because I've been looking for a two. I've been looking for a 1x15 speaker cab to run with my amp, and I have a classic 50 that this could stack underneath and it would look right. so hot. Would you pay 200 for this cab? Though? That's the problem. I have so much trouble justifying the price of speaker cabs i feel like for 200 bucks like you could have like avatar yeah custom do this well i was thinking about like for 200 bucks i could get exactly the speaker that i want and then spend a day in the garage building myself a really weird speaker cabinet right but how much would it how much do you think it would cost to get your own speaker like that's the whole thing. These Sheffield speakers are nice speakers. Sheffield, the yeah. PV Sheffield series, is a solid speaker. I'm not as familiar with the 1230, which right. is, which is the 15 inch speaker, but they have a good reputation as sure. a, as a whole. Uh, how much do you think it would cost? Oh, but they're dirt cheap. Yeah. How much do you think it would cost to get like a single 15 inch speaker, one that you really liked? I mean, I could just go over to Carvin and pick up a 15, right? Yeah. And that's going to be under 100 bucks. Yeah. And then how much do you think it would cost to like get you wouldn't even if you could just find an empty fifteen inch cabinet yeah and then go have Tyac wrap it in Tolex. Well I was thinking of trying to wrap it in uh, this cheap canvas that I get well, at Home Depot. Go. Or like spray painting it weird or something or I don't know. Like but it's it's another one of these things where I'm thinking of a really involved project right. for me to work on where yeah. I really don't have time for projects right now. Like I said last episode, I don't even have time to do a pickup swap on a guitar. Yeah. So that's kind of the state I'm in right now. And I was looking at this and like 200 bucks, I could pay for it and be done with it. It would be tough to ever sell that or flip it. If I ever wanted to get rid of it, it would go with my, Classic 50, but do I need anything to go with my Classic 50? It's already too beefy for what I'm using it for. 
and I'm never going to drag that thing around to regular gigs anymore because it's so heavy. What yeah. I should, what I could do is I could get this, sell the classic fifty, and then use that money to buy a classic fifty head. I saw a classic. <laughs> I actually saw a classic fifty head at Guitar Center. Oh, really? Uh, the last time I was there, how much did they want for it? I don't remember. Like maybe three or four hundred. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, but then if I start getting into heads, then I'm probably going to shop around for a different head, even though the classic fifty is so great. It's one of those amps where. It's not a fantasy amp for anyone. Right. But I cannot justify not having it. It's a workhorse amp. It like. is. It sounds really good. It Like, I was running the drive on it the other day when I was warming up for, for church. And I was like, I got to use the drive on this thing more often. But then I need to run, like, a lot of my effects through the loop. Didn't you have the output transformer replaced on it? I did. Was it upgrade? No, I don't think so. Oh, because if it was an upgrade, you could charge way more. No. <laughs> Someone was trying to push me to do the upgrade. What is the what is the big upgrade? Like Mercury, probably Mercury. Yeah, something like Mercury that. Mercury magnetics. Oh, you got to put this, you know, $400 transformer in there. I'm like, it's not even a $400 amp. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that for the transformer. Yeah. I don't care if it's a robot in disguise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, this is this is why you guys listen to the podcast right for jokes like that yeah (laughs) all right last half that's a solid one right no (laughs) Uh, Uh, am i reading this yeah i i spotted this thing a couple days ago and i just showed it to you today yeah it's a fender squire telecaster bass um this thing is crazy. Yeah, so it says Tele bass converted to 30 inch scale, fender growl, and a short scale, easy to play bass. Good usable condition. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Sell for $200 cash firm. Call blank. Text and email ignored. Um, so this is so this was hard to research because. Um, Fender, Fender, because Squire has a true tele. Like, let me let me tr- figure out how to phrase this. Fender has a Telecaster-bodied base right now, right? Uh, and what this is is this is what they have traditionally called the Telecaster base, which was the old P base body, yeah, with a Telecaster-styled headstock. This was like the '50s P style, but this one has like a big mudbucker. Uh-huh. In the neck position, no other pickups. Squire, I think, did make this bass for a while. The thing that I'm confused about is what is original and what isn't. There's a lot of aftermarket on this. Um, now, obviously, the pit guard is aftermarket. Uh-huh. I think the the ashtray bridge cover, like that whole bridge cover is aftermarket, obviously. Uh, the knobs are aftermarket. The knobs are aftermarket. aftermarket. The thumb rest is aftermarket. Yeah, so these are all things, but these are all kind of aesthetics. Yeah, and it's got uh, screw holes in it from the original pit guard. I, I, let's describe this pit guard for a little bit. It looks like it's made out of some kind of laminate wood. Yeah. It's really cool looking. It's got this whole late 60s, 70s kind of vibe. That looks like it would be made out of like, you know, like your grandma's coffee table. Yeah. Uh, It contrasts well with the sunburst body and the grain on there and this kind of like nickel finish ashtray cover on the bridge. But it's like, this thing's so funky. He changed the neck to be short or shorter scale. Yeah. And who knows if it 
is an intonation, if it can be intonated, maybe that uh, that ashtray cover covers the fact that the bridge has been completely moved to accommodate, you know, the situation. You know what? The more I look at this, I the more I think I'm starting to understand. Yeah. So the pit guard I didn't realize was like an aftermarket pit guard. Yeah. I don't even know what body this is. It's a it's crazy. Um, it looks like one of the Squire Fifty Ones. Yeah. The way the pickup the pickguard holes are. Yeah. This might have been originally a Fifty One body. Um, Co, did you make this? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What if he did? Yeah, what if we're actively trashing his stuff right now? I'm not trashing it. It's just a huge question mark. Yeah, and and this is the kind of thing. So one of the things that's kind of interesting is this body. Maybe it's just the lighting in this room. But when it's zoomed out, I thought this body was reliced. But I don't think it actually is. I think it's just really shiny. And yeah, that's a, just shine on the there's edges. There's a bunch of multi, there's a bunch of light sources. Uh, the headstock. Whatever happened with the headstock looks really cool. There's some like custom art on there. Yeah. Um, like an eagle and like some wood grain. And what's funny is this is a tele. It says it's a Telecaster base, but the headstock. There's is, no Telecaster part to this. Is a is a P base headstock. Um, There's nothing Telecaster about this. Yeah, I. I just I have so many questions. <laughs> I have so many questions, but text and email ignored. I'm not interested enough in this to call this person. No. Um, but it looks rad. Like I, I have is, to admit that it's really cool looking. Yeah. Is it $200 cool looking? I don't think so. I'd have to go see this thing, and I might have $200 in my pocket. No, I'd have $100 in one pocket. I'd have $50 in my wallet, and then I'd have the other 50 in my other pocket. Right. So I could be like, this thing's crazy. Would you take 120 for it? You for know? you guys who don't know what Ryan's referencing, there's a Craigslist purchasing trick. <laughs> I shouldn't say trick. It's just something that people do. Sure. Where, and personally, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, where they will take how much money they want to lowball somebody with. Right. Maybe not even lowball. Oh, but I've like only got this much. They're haggling. And they'll be like, oh, well, I've got like, I've got $200 right here. What do you think? And it'll be like 200 It'll be like $300 instrument. I got $200 right here. Yeah. And, uh. And uh, and you'll be like, no, like this is three hundred. Like I want at least yeah, like two fifty. And they'll be like, oh, all right, well, let me see what I got over here. Yeah, let me check my wallet. Let you me know, check. I don't usually keep money in my wallet, but let me check. <laughs> so the the guy that I sold uh, Adam's guitar to, I don't, I I actually called him on that. Like I don't think he did on purpose. He had like just kind of his. He was kind of a little disorganized with the money, so he had sure. like two fifty in like one pocket. And then, like, he had, like, another, like, 40 bucks in the other pocket or whatever. Right. And uh, so he pulls out the 250, and he's got that. And he's like, all right, well, I got 250 here. And, like, let me see if I got the other 20 bucks in my, over here. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, you split, doing the old Craig splitting your money between pockets for a Craigslist sale trick, huh? <laughs> he's like, he's like, what? Like, <laughs> what, what, wait, do you mean? what? What do you mean? I'm like, never. I was like, oh, there's this thing, like, a lot of people do. And I kind of explained it to him. Right, but, right. Um. But this thing is wild. If if I went and I played this thing and I was like, yeah, this is legit. It's intonated all the way up the neck. This guy did this right. And even though it's got the screw holes, it looks really cool. It feels cool. Then I, you know, I don't know what I would be. Yeah. I feel like 200 is still too high, but 150 and I'd be curious. I think 
the more I look at this, I think that this was like a Bronco base or a Mustang base neck slapped yeah. onto, like you said, like maybe a Squire 51 body. Yeah. And I'd have to see the ashtray cover off to figure out how they got the scale to work and, and everything. Um, it's totally weird. But honestly, like the neck to body gap bothers me. Um, I realize that's like a little, that might be a little nitpicky. I can't tell what's actually going on here. If that's just the pit guard or if that is the, the actual right. a route for the neck. Either if that's way. the neck joint, you know, either way, I don't like it. I do think it's kind of amusing how he, like the strings are colored and they're like yeah. different strings. Uh, this guy just probably took whatever strings were laying around. I don't know. Um, but I mean, like I said, it looks really cool, but at the same time, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Fender made something that looked like this, or if it was like an actual telly base headstock. And it if something like if somebody would have bought an eighties MIJ, cause they made these like a bullet base. Sure. Sure. Somebody bought like a bullet base. Yeah. Um, and took, the little mini P base style pickup that they had in those things, which uh-huh. was like the old, um, actually like the old Mustang base pickup, like the they, little covered ones. Yeah, uh, and then they dropped this mud bucker in here and had it up for like three hundred. But I knew it was like a Squire MIJ was the base. Yeah, uh, the base original that they did all this work on. Like I might. I'd be really tempted. 300 would be like a high point. At 200 for a Squire bullet base that was modified like this, I might just buy it and add another base to my collection. Yeah. Because it looks cool. It does look really cool. But with this parts amalgam, like I just have too many questions. Absolutely. Like I, like I said, I don't think I'd be curious in this over 150. Right. But then under 150, I might be going to check this thing out. Just to see what it feels like. Right. Well, you well, don't play bass that much anyway. Not really. But what what area code is that? 92120? I don't know. What part of town is that? I have no idea. Um, I I'm know- telling you, man. One day we're going to be talking about something, and it's going to be a listener's. They're going to be like, hey, man, hey, man, you talk trash about my ad. <laughs> I hope, that'd be funny. Yeah. I'd be amused. Um, and then we'll be like, well, why'd you do such a crappy ad? Yeah. I'm not saying that this is a crappy ad. This is just perplexing, this guitar. Uh, this is uh, North County, Carlsbad, San Marcos. Oh, okay. Um, at least that's... It says it's an upscale urban zip code, according to NeighborhoodLink.com. <laughs> Thanks, NeighborhoodLink.com. Um, we should have them sponsor this show. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Cool. Is that ads today? That's ads, man. Ads, ads, ads. Couple of dads reading ads. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so we're going to tackle two topics, I think. Uh, what was the first one? Oh, Andrew Thomas asked. Hold on, you want to hear some fun facts about 92120? Uh, yes, I do. The median age is 43. Oh. There are 12,686 men and 13,631 women. <laughs> Hear that, dudes? There's extra women there. The median, yeah, but the median age for men is 41, while for women, the median age is 44. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to judge. All right. Oh, fun fact. This is the same latitude as Mexicali, Mexico. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
the average elevation is 360 feet above sea level. Steve thinks geography is hilarious. I just don't know why anyone cares, but this information's on the internet. Andrew Thomas, what have you got for us? <laughs> Andrew Thomas asks, well, he, he suggests that we talk about cutting pit guards and installing boutique pickups. I don't quite understand the second question. Yeah, I installing boutique pickups should be about the same as installing regular pickups, right? I would think so. It's got going to have a couple screws. You're going to solder it into your switch and your knobs. I would say like, and it's one thing I'm really bad with with doing guitar repairs is like handling uh, pickups, and so I'm always worried that like I'm going to break a lead off at the pickup. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to repair it. That's my worst nightmare. Um, and uh, actually, so I I dropped in a uh, Lakeland. I I found out it's pronounced Lakeland. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Pickup into Adam's uh, a precision base for Adam for a friend of ours, uh-huh. listener of the show. Yeah, the guy who made the former, theme song, former guest. We host. talk about him all the time. Yeah. Um. So I dropped in a Lakeland pickup into his uh base, and the way that the wires are connected to the pickup itself is really weird. Um, and I had like a lot of issues actually handling that thing and I had to like re-solder that because it was just uh-huh. a mess. Um, but there's definitely something to be said for like trying to keep the leads as clean as possible because it's, you know, if I buy a used pickup, it's like, well, I paid 60 bucks for this, whatever versus, uh, you know, I've got a set of porters that's like yeah. $300 for the set or like. Uh, I forget who the company is that does the Fender uh, wide range pickup replicas. Yeah, but those things are like I think three hundred dollars a pickup. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, well, which they, I mean, you got to imagine they have to fabricate a lot. Yeah, like they're not buying parts and just slapping it together. They have to yeah. fabricate a ton of that. So if I was doing something like that, I think I would be like a lot more careful. Uh, which isn't to say that I'm not careful when I do stuff. It'd just right. be like there would be an added awareness sure. to it. Um, and I think maybe for, there are some boutique pickups that are like kind of funky shapes. Like if you're doing like a Burns Trisonic, like the shape on that's a little different. So yeah. maybe that's where the pickguard cutting comes in. Or if you're doing like not necessarily – it's not necessarily a boutique pickup, but like uh, the Seymour Duncan Charlie Christian replicas. Uh-huh. Uh, like that kind of stuff. Totally. Um but you have a lot more experience with pickguard cutting because I've never done it. Oh, what do I say about pickguard cutting? I don't recommend it. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of work. I've done it a couple times. I did it on my Flying V because I was completely custom cutting like a special themed thing. I've done it on other guitars where I'm cutting custom pickup poles. you got to have a router. you got to have a template. And even then... Like you got to have really good technique. Like on the on the flying V, I jumped the router bit a bunch. Right, and there's all kinds of places that are uneven, uh, and I didn't get the template template just right in a couple of places. And I made like three or four versions of the template out of plywood, and I was really trying to dial it in, and I still didn't get it perfect. I think these these guys that make custom pit guards all the time they have you know a lot of techniques and they have a lot of hand skills. Yeah, and I think. Like, I was using a router, which I think is pretty normal, 
Uh, but then some guys I've seen videos where they're using like band saws and stuff with special blades and yeah, and and for some of that I know guys use um, especially if you're doing like three ply. Well, if you're doing three ply, I've actually got a one ply pit guard that's beveled at home right now, uh-huh. and that's kind of it's really neat looking. It's actually the first one ply that I didn't like want to trash yeah. upon looking at it because it's thicker. Yeah, totally. than your normal one ply. The thicker one plies are cool. Um. But the beveling is something that, like, you need more specialized tools for. So you for. need a router to do that. You have a, you use a special router bit. Right. But then you've got to, you know, have it lined up with your template just right. And it's just, it's a it's a wily material to work with. It's not forgiving. You can't right. really sand it to fix your problems. Yeah. And, you know, it's expensive to biff it up. Like, I could have ordered another sheet of of uh pick guard material when I you know had the the issues with the the flying V pick guard and tried again but I just didn't care that much and it looks good from about 2 feet away so you know yeah. it's, it's fine but it is if you're doing it at home to like cut a pick guard hole what I've had success with is I've got a bunch of extra strap pickups around and I'll like stack them and screw them together and then I'll use like three pick pick guards screwed together or clamped together as my template oh, okay and that'll be my router template and then i'll be able to get like a perfect route of a single coil right you know or get a perfect route of what other you know your pickup pickup shape because otherwise you've got to make your own templates or order one yeah and by the time you're done ordering templates and getting the tools that you need to do this stuff if you're starting from nothing you might as well just pay someone else to make your, <laughs> your pick guard there's a lot of sites out there that make pit guards. Yeah. So Have you ever done any of the custom pit guard stuff? Like as far as for Oregon? my strat, I forget what company I got it from, but because I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to have the the pickup in a unique position, the, right. the bridge. I ordered one that only had the neck pickup cut out. Okay. And it didn't have any controls cut out, so it was really blank. Yeah. When I got it, I routed out the pickup hole. Okay. Uh, so that took a little bit of messing around to get the placement just right. I got, I did that one really clean. I think that's the cleanest pit guard work I've ever done. Yeah. 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 It looks really good. Yeah. Um, other pickups I've done, I've cut out of wood. I have a yeah. couple of wood pickups, pickups on some guitars, oh, which is fun. I'm looking at one right now. There's some like really thin hobby woods you can get. Yeah. And you can do all kinds of fun things with that. Uh... Well, it's I, really I, specific to the project you're working on, I guess. Right. And I don't know if this is why he's asking, but I think it's Andrew who recently, like his family is like replacing or something like the family fireplace mantle or doing something with that. Right. So basically, he's come across like a large quantity of wood that he wants to build guitars out of. Gotcha. So that's super cool. Uh-huh. If that's the person I'm thinking of. Uh, it might be. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Do we want to jump on that other topic? No, but no. we are going to. Oh, uh, so one thing, this is from the topic grab bag. Uh, I Well, not really grab bag, but from... We did uh, a post thing, and we got a couple of suggestions. Um, there was a question by Harry Kane about being like in a new band and getting gigs and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, the biggest thing is like, we talked about it a, a bit when we went kind of crazy last episode. Uh-huh. Um, but like, one practice like the crap out of your songs like oh yeah totally. know your stuff and then two like just be as professional as you can because because like 
some venues are all about the bottom, like their bottom line. They're all about their bottom line. They're all about making money. Uh, venues aren't not many venues, maybe even most venues like aren't in it f- to really be about musicians. No, but if you come in and like you're professional and you're like chill and you act like you've done it before and you don't act like you're better than the people who are running the venue. Yeah. Then those people will respect you and they'll want you to come back. Even if like your draw isn't the best, they'll be interested in like helping you out with your music career. If you're easy or pleasant to work with, people are going to want to work with you. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, there are definitely bands that some venues work with just because the venue knows they're going to bring a bunch of people. But sure. Like you can just tell that like the whole time they're like, this is the the worst show. (laughs) I hate this band. Yeah, totally. But I'm just doing it because we're going to sell like 300 beers tonight. Right. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, listen to the last episode if you didn't. And if you did, Already listened to it. Go back and listen to it again and make everyone in your band listen to it as well. (laughs) All right. Let's jump on that last topic. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Steve isn't excited about this one, but I think it's fun. Phil wants to know, how about would you ever consider making a guitar body out of concrete? What do you think, Steve? Podcast silence. Oh. I, th- I I think it sounds like a really fun like thought experiment. Like, how would you make like you, you definitely could just make a mold and do a straight concrete guitar, right? And it would weigh you know sixty pounds, right? And it would probably sustain for days. Or it might not sustain at all. <laughs> Actually, concrete's pretty porous. Like, it if is. You really think about it. Yeah, it's probably not the best resonating material. Um, but it, with the weight that you're dealing with, you might as well just make a guitar out of solid metal, like steel. Yeah. Um, but I have a feeling there's creative things you could do as far as making the the cement more porous, <laughs> like almost make it like lava rock. Like right. If, like if you make your cement, but instead of water, you mix it with club soda. <laughs> Or something like that. Um, I would be interested in um, maybe something like along the lines of this, but um, where uh, you take like an underside, like a three quarter size body, uh huh, uh, like maybe like a Fender Bullet body, yeah, or like the old Bullet bodies or something along that line. Like, actually, what could be a neat candidate for this? Uh, would be like the Fender or the Squire Affinity bodies because they're a little thinner. Sure. And then just take where you've basically, you've got this wood body and then just coat it in like an ultra thin layer of concrete. You know what would actually be perfect for this? What? If you did a Steinbrenner style. Okay, yeah. That would really work. You know know what would be great for this too? What? Squire Mini. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But if you did if you did a Steinbrenner, like the body's already not much bigger than like a brick. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what it's made out of. And then you could do concrete and you could stain it. Like I think it here here's something I'm imagining that would be really cool is if you could somehow make a, a concrete body that was hollow somehow. Well, so my biggest concern with all of this it concrete's actually it's pretty fragile. Fragile, like yeah. it's really fragile for like strike impacts. Like so, if I'm holding a guitar, 
at like waist height. So for me, that's like what three, three and a three ish feet. We'll yeah. say three feet. Yeah. And I drop that a guitar. Yeah. It's just going to, or like an, any unfinished piece of wood, like I'm saying an unfinished sure. wood body, and I drop it. It's going to like have a dent, like maybe. It's going to be fine. Maybe it cracks, but it, if I do that with like a cinder block, it's going to freaking disintegrate from three yeah. feet. If you if you had a guitar that's a standard dimension guitar body made out of regular concrete and you dropped it, it's going to shatter. Yeah, for the now, most part. Now I wonder if you've coated it with like enough polyurethane uh-huh. if that would help. I don't know. There's different recipes of concrete out there. There's there's probably stuff that could get it done. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just such a like I don't know enough about concrete. I guess. What about a ceramic guitar? Like made out of the same stuff that they make precious moments dolls out of. How about a precious moments guitar? How about how about a guitar? Okay, or is okay. that porcelain? Yeah, I don't know. How about a porcelain guitar that looks like a toilet? <laughs> with with a mother of toilet seat pit guard. Yes. All right. How about this idea? Um, a neck through guitar with with concrete wings. Every oh. and every show you smash it. Yeah, totally. That'd be cool. <laughs> what is that? It's freaking messenger on my computer. I you you update your OSX and all of a sudden your computer can do, be a phone. <laughs> and so now my my sister's sending me texts and they're coming through my computer and dinging me. I should probably just turn off the speaker here. Yeah, why there don't you go. do that? There we go. All right, I fixed I'm it. I'm just hearing this dingling over So you're there. saying make a neck through with concrete wings. After each show you could smash it. Yeah. I if you're going to do that, then I say the porcelain. Okay. Yeah, or whatever, ceramic. Whatever you think smashes the best. Yeah, ceramic is like, awesome. Have it so like your pickup is okay, um you know, a ceramic might actually have really neat resonant properties. It could. Yeah. It could, yeah. Uh, so what you have like your pickups mounted to the neck, uh-huh. to like the neck piece. Yeah. Have your output jack next to your strap button on the back. Yeah. Uh, no knobs. Sure. Um, or I mean, I guess you or could... Or you could do like one volume knob right behind the bridge. You know, yeah, like, or some... a, like a like a hammer puts their yeah, switch. Or something like really... I mean, I guess the, the body could be a little wider. It has to be a little wider than the, than the neck portion in order to uh-huh. hold the pickups and whatever. But like everything just crammed in there like real tight. As long as we're on this frame of concept, why not make those wings that are meant to be smashed out of candy... Like lollipop material, and then you could like smash it while you're playing it, and like take bites out of it and hand pieces to the audience. There we go, and be like, "Oh, take a bite of my guitar," and you could write a song called "Take a Bite of My Guitar." And you could say things like, "Check out my sweet guitar." Yeah, check out my sweet guitar. It tastes yeah. like sugar. Yeah, pour some sugar on me. <laughs> could be in a cover band for whoever was it, Rat or Poison? I don't. I don't, uh, I don't remember. I think it was. Let's go with Rat. I don't think it was rat. Okay. But I don't think it was poison either. I don't know. Wasn't it Death Leopard? <laughs> maybe. Probably. Your guess is as maybe, good as mine. Maybe it was a non-hearing impaired cheetah. Remember that band? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> uh, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, 
our music today is uh, brought to us by Co. Oh man, short episode already, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Straight. Steve is tapping out of the episode. I, I've got nothing left. <laughs> well, we went a little long last week, so are we super short? Uh, we're at forty-four minutes. Ah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Okay, talk about the music. Um. So, Co sent us a bunch of stuff. We're just going to pick something. And play. Yeah, uh, I'll say on when we post the the uh, episode what song we picked. Yeah, but we put out a, a request for songs, and Co delivered because yeah. Co always delivers. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are listening and you have a band or you have recordings and you have not submitted songs in the past, please send us your songs. Yeah, we love playing uh, our listeners' music. We love getting it out there. You know, you have an audience when we play our your songs. Yeah, an audience of like 450. You know, our, our best of episode is is at 450 now, and, you know, it's, it's still climbing. No, it's, that's so early. So you have an audience of 475. 500. Yeah. You know, we're, we're right around the, the 400 to 500 mark pretty consistently right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And we have a, an episode that just crossed over 500. And we have another episode that's mystically crossed over 600. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's a whole other story. Listen to an older episode, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Enjoy the song. We'll see you guys next week. Yep. Hey, my personality, the way that I get down on me, I'm pretty sure it's killing me. Never like the way that I sometimes wish it I would die. I'm looking to be free. I'd rather be up and down. I'd rather play a happy sound, exclaim with joy as I sing. So sing along with me. Let's sing where we wanna be and lift our joy to our King. Sing along. Uh-huh.